everybody. I'm Johnny Torres, and this is a fresh new episode of Osprey Observer TV. Joining me, as always, Editor-in-Chief of the Osprey Observer, Marie Gilmore. And uh, I don't know, Marie, if, uh, if I've mentioned this, uh, but I have a little bit of uh, an exciting uh, period in my background where I was a college and high school cheerleader. And so really? uh, yeah, I got a little bit of rhythm in my step and, uh, and, and I only mention it because, uh, it, you know, it leads us right into uh, today's episode, right? Hi, welcome. This week we have another great interview and we have a really neat local business that I've been learning about over the last few months and I really wanted to share some information. So we invited her on board. Sarah Battaglia, the owner and founder of Dancing for Donations. Thank you so much for joining us today. Welcome. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Tell me about your business and what makes it unique, Dancing for Donations. Sure. Okay. So um, we are a 501c nonprofit organization. Um, basically, our mission is to make dance available and affordable to the community um, and also give back. So our classes are about half the cost of a typical dance studio. And then um, we are all inclusive. So we welcome dancers with special needs and we don't separate them from their peers. And then um, we also give back through community outreach events, performances, and then we like to donate to other nonprofits and charities also. Okay. And tell me, you have multiple locations and areas that you go to do classes. Tell me a little bit about where you give classes. Okay. Um, so our main location is in Brandon off of Brandon Boulevard, um, but we've kind of outgrown it. So we started classes at the Homeschool Resource Center off of Parsons. Um, and then we also have classes at the venue in Riverview, um, a preschool out in Riverview. And then we started classes in West Shore at Camp Doublemint as well. Okay, great. And tell me what sorts of dance do you teach? Um, basically everything. Um, we have ballet, tap, jazz, acro, hip hop. Um, we have musical theater. We're adding voice lessons this year um, to our schedule. Um, we have tons of homeschool programs, all sorts of different things. So pretty much something for everyone. <laughs> Absolutely. And tell me about your background and how you got interested in dance and have brought that to your business. Okay, um, so my background is actually mostly ballet. Um, as a kid, I always um, loved ballet and I loved dancing. Um, so I, I pursued it further. I went and danced with Sarasota Ballet and School of Russian Ballet, and then a little bit with Brandon Ballet. Um, and then I went to USF for dance um, and unfortunately didn't graduate because I got injured. Um, but I am currently dancing with a professional ballet company and um, cheering with a dance team um, as well. So um, I just love to dance. I've always loved to dance. It's a great outlet for, for myself, but also for kids. Um, and it's a great way to stay healthy and keep moving. So, yeah. <laughs> You mentioned that it's uh, all-inclusive, which is absolutely amazing. Um, I, I actually have a four-year-old daughter who, I mean, she is ready for dance. Uh, mm -hmm. she, you know, she can't stop dancing around the house. Um, but what do you recommend? What's a good age to get them started? And, and what, at what age do your program start? That's a great question. Um, we, get it, um, we get that question a lot. Um, we typically suggest age three to start. Um, but we do have a few two-year-olds, two-and-a-half-year-olds who um, we let trial classes. And if they do great in the class, um, obviously, they're welcome to take the class. 
Um, it really just depends on the child, though, as far as whether they can um, kind of focus for our, our youngest classes start are 45 minutes. So if they can focus for 45 minutes, um, if they can kind of separate from the parent for 45 minutes or if they're going to be upset, it really just depends on the child. Um, but usually around age three. What are you doing to adjust to social distancing and safety measures and protocols in your school of dance? Um, so we're doing several things in the studio. First of all, we're um, taking temperatures and sanitizing the kids' hands um, frequently. We're sanitizing the bars and the mats um, between each classes. Um, we aren't requiring masks just because um, they're not really suggested when exercising, um, but we are offering virtual classes as well for those who aren't comfortable coming in studio. And we actually added a class outside also. So um, kind of just to try and make everyone as comfortable as possible. Okay, wonderful. And tell me, how did you actually start your business and the concept for the Dancing for Donations? Um, well, when I first started the program, I really wasn't intending it to become what it was. Um, I'm not upset about it, but it just grew super fast. Um, so when I was dancing at USF, I did get injured. Um, and so I had lots of extra time. I was teaching dance, um, as my job at the time. Um, but when I had to drop out of school, I had extra time. So I wanted to create a class that would, um, give back to the community, um, and so we started with one class. Um, it was on Friday afternoons and we collected donations in exchange for the class. And then it kind of just blew up from there. It went from like one class to multiple age groups to different genres. Um, and then we had to switch from people were donating items at the time. We had to switch from that to monetary so we could open up our own space. Um, and it just, it just grew from there. So yeah, it really wasn't intending to become a business necessarily, but like I said, I'm not sad that it did. <laughs> wow. And when did that get started? Oh, goodness. Um, well, we've had our lease here now for about a year and a half. Um, before that, we were based out of We Rock the Spectrum for about a year. Um, so I'd say two and a half, three years ago. Well, and just to bring it up again, because I think it's so fantastic that, you know, it is an all-inclusive program. You mentioned kids with special needs. Uh, explain maybe to some parents who may be not as familiar uh, with why that's such a great opportunity. What are some of the benefits, even if your child is special needs, to coming to a dance program like yours? That's a great question also. Um, so... Basically, um, for the dancers with special needs, it really just, again, it depends on the dancer. Um, we provide them with whatever that they need to succeed in a class. So it may be just noise-canceling headphones if they are, um, if they have sensory processing disorder, or it may be providing them with a buddy to assist them throughout class if they're in a wheelchair or just can't focus for a full hour. Um, we provide them with that. Um, so it's really great for the dancers with special needs to gain strength, flexibility, social interaction, um, coordination, pretty much, pretty much everything that dance can provide for, for really any child. Um, and then it's also really great for the dancers who don't have special needs because they're being um, 
they're being taught how to interact with other kids who may not necessarily be like them, who may not communicate verbally like you and I do. Maybe they communicate through sign language. Um, and it kind of teaches um, the other kids of these are the differences that we all have, but um, we all love to dance and um, we can all work together to dance together. So it's really great for, for both kids with special needs and without to kind of learn how to be including of others. Wonderful. And where can we find out more information about times and locations and everything about Dancing for Donations? Um, so we have a website um, and we also have a Facebook page and Instagram. Um, so you can, I don't know if you guys want to post the link or if I, if you yeah. want me to send you the link, um, I can do that. And then um, it's pretty easy. If you message us on Facebook, it comes right to my cell phone. So I respond pretty quickly. Um, and then we start our classes uh, the week of September 7th. So we'll pretty much be here at the Brandon location every day. Uh, then, so if you ever want to come by, we'll be here too. Okay. Well, we're definitely going to include the uh, the website link, you know, in oh, in the. In cool. the but uh, if, <clears throat> sorry, give me one second. Yeah, for those watching, um, if they go onto Facebook, let's say to find you or Instagram, how should they uh, search for you? Um, you could just search "Dancing for Donations." Um, we should be the first thing that pops up. I'm not sure of any other Dancing for Donations. I know on Instagram, our Instagram handle is Dancing for Donations. So, um, yeah. And this has obviously become larger than what you ever thought it could be or what you started with. And you don't do it yourself anymore. I noticed when I looked on your website, you have multiple instructors. Yes. Yeah. So, like I said, my background is uh, mostly ballet. Um, okay. and but I wanted our dancers to be able to dance in the genre that they loved and they, they liked um, and felt most comfortable in. So um, we have, yeah, we have several teachers now. We have an acro teacher. We have a hip hop, we have two hip hop teachers this year, um, a tap teacher, several different assistants for assisting classes, like larger classes and assisting the kids with special needs. Um, so yeah, we have a pretty great, I'm really excited this year. We have a really good team of teachers really awesome teachers. And then just as a final question, and we'll be sure to stay in touch with you as you go through the year and anything that comes up, we'd be happy to be involved. But where do you, the donations go to that you give back to the community? Um, so we do several different things. Um, we have a partnership with a nonprofit called Traveling Tutus. Um, and their mission is very similar to ours, except for they do it um, through dance costumes and dance wear. Um, so we donate $100 a month to them. Um, and then I'm also a part of the 100 Women Who Care um, group, which is, I think it's, oh goodness, I don't, I think it's the Riverview group. <laughs> um, and so every quarter we donate $100 to whatever charity is chosen through that group. Um, and then we just participate in different things like Autism Speaks every year. We participate in Buddy Walk every year, which benefits friends of Down syndrome. Um, so kind of just um, different organizations. And originally we donated everything, um, but now that we have a studio, um, we kind of have to pick and choose, unfortunately, um, where the money gets to go. Um, but basically, whoever, if they ever reach out to us and need support, um, we can obviously help through raffle items and things like that also for our studio. 
Wonderful. And I'm so glad you mentioned 100 Women Who Care Riverview. We haven't done a video on them yet. And I'm a member. I haven't been able to make it the last few times, but I try to send in my contribution. And it's a wonderful organization that does a lot for our yeah, We missed the last meeting, but hopefully we'll be back to the next one. <laughs> exactly. But it's a wonderful group of ladies and it gave me some more fuel of some more interviews. Well, thank you for taking some time out of your afternoon to be with us, Sarah. And thank you for what you do with Dancing for Donations. And for more information, we'll definitely put all of your posts on there, all of your connections, and we'll keep watching. I think you guys are really going to go forward and do great things. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you for taking the time to do it with us. Absolutely. Thank you again to Sarah from Dancing for Donations. And Marie, one of the things I love about what they call the new economy is social entrepreneurship where these businesses start up and they have a social giving angle uh, just like Sarah has done with her dance studio. And uh, so much luck to her. And uh, thank you, Marie, for having her on. Uh, lots going on in the community. What's happening at the Osprey Observer? So this week, a couple of really neat stories. I don't know if you remember a few weeks ago, we did the interview with the the wine deliveries where you sort of pick a neighbor and do sort of the, the wine gifting. Yeah, the, the unicorn club. <laughs> the unicorns and everything like yeah, that. Yeah. Absolutely. So that's sort of more, there's now sort of something that's an adopt a teacher program where you can go on a social media page, pick a teacher who might have a need and sort of do a surprise gift to them, a surprise delivery of school supplies. So that giving concept and that sort of fun, engaging, you know, receiving has continued and now it's to teachers. So if you're looking for that one more thing to do as the school year gets back into underway, you can give something to a teacher and really make their day. So there's a well, link, it's Adopted Teacher Hillsborough County on okay. Facebook and you can find your way to that, yeah. Yeah, no, I have a few teachers in my life and in my circle of friends and I've seen it firsthand. It's incredible uh, to see the community reaching out and helping, especially uh, in a pandemic where there's additional supplies needed this year to keep the rooms clean, the kids safe, the teachers safe. And so definitely check it out on Facebook. It's an incredibly fun group to be a part of. And, uh, and again, it couldn't be for a better cause. That's right. And one other story we have that we're just hot off the press in the fish hog edition, and we'll have it online, of course, is a feature story about a good friend of mine, Cole Neesmith, with Alfia Driving Academy. I have attempted to teach two of my teenagers how to drive and quickly <laughs> called Cole and begged him to come take my children, show them the ropes of the road, take them out, and he does an excellent job doing collision avoidance, hard braking, interstate access, how to how to drive in a roundabout. I'm an anxious, nervous mom in the passenger seat. He sure. has a break in his vehicle when he uses them for LFI driving. A real one. <laughs> a real break. And he and his instructors do a great job in about five lessons. They can take a 15-year-old with a brand new learner's permit and have them road, road confident, I will say. So I can't thank him enough. We're happy to do a feature on him this month. And there's lots of new drivers out there. I've been seeing lots of learner's permits popping up through social media. So Alfia Driving Academy is a great option. But can he teach me to do donuts in the parking lot? That's what I want to know. I haven't asked. Because, <laughs> you know, tires and all that. Let's yeah. say not for the 15-year-olds, but as long as you have your real driver's license, we'll see if that's an option he gives. Yeah. Well, and some of us were fortunate to have driver's ed in high school, but right now because of the pandemic and due to budgeted, uh, to the limited budget resources, uh, you know, some schools don't even offer that anymore. 
That's right. Well, Marie, thank you so much as always for all the amazing local news you bring to us. And uh, for those of you who are interested in stories like this and more, don't forget that you can visit ospreyobserver.com for the best local news and uh, information on our local businesses and how you can be a better part of the community. Uh, thanks again to Marie and the team at Osprey Observer. I'm Johnny Torres, the host of Osprey Observer TV. We'll see you next time. Thanks for watching. Mm -hmm.